0: numbers i'm your host ryan blackburn at nba blackburn on twitter it is tuesday morning as we take you through the seven game win streak that the nuggets have accumulated up to this point as you can tell i am sick my voice is completely shot but i haven't had a podcast in the last week and definitely need to get to you guys with some good podcasting with some good numbers with some reaction to this Nuggets game because it was an interesting one not going to lie this segment we are going to break down the Phoenix versus Denver game from top to bottom had some interesting thoughts on it wanted to talk through the back to back and why the Nuggets got into the situation that they did how Nikola Jokic really put the team on his back at the end and how Jamal Murray finished the game then I want to talk about the seven-game win streak as a whole. I'm going to break down one stat from every Nuggets player, talk about the win streak, what it means for Denver right now. Last segment, I'm going to get into the Michael Porter Jr. discussion and basically why the Nuggets are doing the right thing with him right now, why Michael Malone cannot unleash Michael Porter Jr. for unlimited minutes at this point, because he has not been good. And I think that needs to be said. I think that needs to be acknowledged at this point. So without further ado, let's get into it. The Nuggets won this past game 113-111 to over the Phoenix Suns. Denver was coming off of a back-to-back, so it's understandable that this was a close game. Uh, Phoenix had been without Aaron Baines, Ricky Rubio, DeAndre Ayton, guys like that for a long time. Aaron Baines and Ricky Rubio didn't play the last time these two teams played. The Nuggets kind of sleptwalked to a double-digit victory at that point. They roared out to a a good lead to start this game. And Nikola Jokic was one of the main reasons why Jamal Murray got hot at the beginning as well. Um... But this team really, really started connecting. They were up 31-16 to 16 very early in the game. It looked like they would go that direction uh, for the majority of this game. Uh, unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns brought it back. They continued to work back into it. Ricky Rubio was really good in this one. Uh, and the Phoenix Suns bench kept them in the game. That was a really big problem for the Nuggets this game. The bench was a really big concern Michael Porter Jr played for the first 6 minutes of the game or first 6 minutes of the of his stint and then did not get back into the game. I was surprised that the Nuggets didn't stagger any any starters, but on a back-to-back it makes sense that they didn't do it in that first stint. Malik Beasley had played really well. He had earned an opportunity, I think, to continue trying to maintain his spot in the rotation because he played really well coming off of the Los Angeles Lakers game unfortunately for the bench as a whole this was not a great performance they really let the game get out of hand Nikola Jokic was a plus 25 in a two point victory that means that in the minutes that he was off the floor basically about 17 minutes uh, the Nuggets were uh, minus 23 which is not a great ratio for when your star player is off the game is off the floor. It's understandable, but this Nuggets bench was a really big strength and asset last year. And it just hasn't really been the same. They have not been able to put the pieces together that they did last season. And it's, uh, it's becoming an issue even on a seven game winning streak. Um, So, but either way, Jamal Murray got really hot during this game. He was hitting some really tough shots at the beginning. I really liked the way that he started off the game with a couple of step-back threes. You knew that it was his night when those were going down. I thought his second quarter was extremely rough, but the rest of the game he played very well. He kept the Nuggets in it in the third and somewhat in the fourth. um, Making a lot of tough shots, making some good passes as well. Uh, even had a couple of steals in there. He finished the game with 28 points and seven assists. Attempted eight threes. Again, I think that's the ratio that he needs to accumulate most times. Uh, eight threes compared to 19 field goal attempts as a whole. That means he took 11 twos. I think that's a pretty proper ratio for what he has to do. Anything lower than that, uh, I, I would steer clear from. Nikola Jokic had a really good game in this one. Obviously, he had a triple-double, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Most of that production came in the first and fourth quarter. Uh, He started the game off really strongly and then finished the game really strongly when the Nuggets needed him. Uh, The Nuggets were down, I I believe, nine points uh, at around the five-minute mark. And at that point, Nikola Jokic basically rattled off 10 straight points that he either created himself or assisted upon. He hit a big three. He hit free throws. He was just very good. He did everything that he needed to do as a star player. And the 10 assists are pretty indicative of the the great passing that he had. He he found Jamal Murray on what I thought was going to be the game-winning basket. But at the end of the fourth quarter, Michael Malone has a propensity to take Nikola Jokic off the floor for Mason Plumley. and <clears throat> I didn't think that that was the right call I thought that if you're going to bring a guy in to switch if you're going to bring a guy in to prevent threes Jeremy Grant is the guy to bring in there and we'll get to him in a minute um, but 27 seconds left Suns and bound the ball to Devin Booker who gets a screen off ball from Aaron Baines Plumley fails to step up Devin Booker immediately shoots a three and caches it. Then the Nuggets are in a in an interesting position with about 25 seconds left. Jamal Murray takes a great shot, uh, a very clean step-back shot, trying to run down the clock as low as possible. He had been great from that distance all game, kind of the long two to three distance. And that was the shot that he needed to hit, and it hit nothing but net. He was really on during this game. Uh, some of those shots that he was hitting were just not touching rim at all. Doing a great job of being efficient, doing a great job of making the shots that he needed to make, especially the open ones, and definitely some of the contested ones too. But when he hit that step back shot, that was the that was the back burner. Uh, that was that was the back breaker. Excuse me. Final play of this game. Michael Malone takes out Jamal Murray and inserts Jeremy Grant right before uh, play starts. Jeremy Grant gets switched on to Devin Booker off ball when the ball's inbounded to Devin Booker in the corner. Jeremy Grant makes an incredible play to block the three uh, from the corner, from the deep corner, basically, uh, basically saving the or saving the game. Really, um, this is the second time that Devin Booker has been blocked on a game-winning shot opportunity. And that, that is kind of hilarious. That happened in the Nuggets home opener against Phoenix. That went to overtime. And it happened again tonight. So Devin Booker, probably not a big fan of facing the Nuggets for a number of reasons. He finished 3 of 12, uh, had two turnovers. It was really impressive stuff from Gary Harris most of the night. And pretty much from the entire Nuggets roster when it came down to it. They uh, they found a way to D up. Okay, <clears throat> let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to get some water because I clearly need it. And I'm going to talk about the one stat for every rotation player during this seven game win streak. I think there are some interesting things in here that you're going to pay attention to. Uh, kind of indicative of where the Nuggets are as a team and how they're playing. We'll be right back. Learn more at marines.com. Alright, we're back. Nuggets Numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. Probably don't sound like Ryan Blackburn, but it is what it is. Gonna power through it. I was sick all last week. My voice is just not recovered. It's it's really tough, but needed to get out a podcast today. Couldn't, couldn't think about skipping another Nuggets Numbers episode. So wanted to get into this one real quick. Uh, let's go with one step for every potential rotation player during the seven game win streak. I think it's really important a lot of guys have contributed really well to this per- to this performance that the Nuggets have had, uh, the five games at home that they played, as well as this back-to-back on the road, that the Nuggets, they, they did exactly what they needed to do here. And you can't doubt them for that. So let's start with Nikola Jokic. His stat is that he has 8.7 assists per game this this seven game stretch to just 2.1 turnovers per game that's over a 4 assist to turnover ratio which is really indicative i think of when the nuggets are are playing well offensively the decision making from jokic is really good he's been giving he's been given great options by the rest of the offense because they're cutting they're moving well he's passing them open doing a lot of the things that he just needs to do it's been great uh when the margin is that big, I think it's it's one of the biggest indicators of where this team is at, and they're in a good place. One of the best offensive teams in the NBA right now, at this very moment. Uh, their offense continues to trend up, and been very impressed with what's happened so far. Let's go to Paul Millsap now. He's averaging over 50 50 90 in terms of his triple slash line 50% from the field 50% from 3 90% from the free throw line he did miss a couple of games so this is only in a five game stretch but can't take anything away from that dude paul millsap's been dealing with some nagging injuries he has had to face anthony davis uh had to face guys like carmelo anthony and some some more spacey guys like uh Kelly Oubre and then Dario Saric from the Suns. Um, he's done a great job. All that he's been able to do is, is or he's he's been able to control what he can control. And that's how many shots he's making at that point. And he's been one of the most efficient players in the NBA so far. Uh, 50, 40, 90 is probably not going to happen for Paul Millsap just because I don't think the free throw shooting is going to keep up to that level and overall he he still is struggling inside the arc to generate efficient offense. But hard to argue with the numbers right now. 50-50-90 stat line for a power forward. Very impressive. Will Barton is averaging 8.4 rebounds per game. That is insane. That is a, a bonkers number number for a six foot six, one hundred and seventy-five pound small forward. It is unbelievable what he's able to do as a rebounding guard. Um, And this team needs it. This team needs to be good on the glass. And he has been their second best rebounder behind Nikola Jokic. And I would say probably the best rebounder, one of the best rebounders at his position in the entire NBA. Let's go look at some numbers for the, the entire NBA in terms of the rebounding statistics for small forwards didn't prep this in the at the beginning, but going to look at it now. Uh, I've just been really impressed with what Will Barton has been able to do. Uh, he's uh, just a very impressive player. His RPM is off the charts. I mean, what more? What more can you really say about the dude? He's just a very very impressive guy. Sorry, this is taking a little bit longer than expected. Um, He is not listed as a small forward right now, so let's go check shooting guards. Yeah, according to ESPN, he's the top rebounding shooting guard, averaging seven, seven rebounds per game on the year. So for small forwards, that would be tied for fourth with Brandon Ingram, who's six foot nine. Um, that's only behind Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and, Le- and LeBron James. Like, that's some pretty high company to keep. So, keep doing your thing, Will. <clears throat> Gary Harris, his stat is just going to be the opposing matchup stat lines against him for the for the guys that he's been facing. Devin Booker went three of twelve in this past game. Danny Green and for the Lakers went one of four with two turnovers. Josh Akogi went one of five for two turnovers. Evan Fournier was four of 10 for three turnovers. RJ Barrett was three of 12 for two turnovers. Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Chris Paul both played well in the Oklahoma City Thunder game, but Damian Lillard, his which was Gary Harris's primary matchup, five of 16 from the field, two turnovers. Gary Harris is unbelievable defensively right now. He's doing everything that he needs to do. He has great hands. I put together a, a couple of highlights of him um on Twitter yesterday. One of those was a a steal where he just took the ball right away from uh, Rajan Rondo, I believe it was. Just very or maybe it was Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, the uh Bleacher Report fanboy. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, hard to hard to argue with anything that Gary Harris is doing right now defensively. Uh, hashtag first team. Jamal Murray's averaging 26% from three on 5.4 attempts per game in the last seven. So the Nuggets have been one of the best offensive teams in the NBA over this last seven-game stretch, and Jamal Murray, their leading three-point shooter, is only shooting 26%. I think that's more indicative of... Where this Nuggets team is at as an offensive group, they're playing really well and on that end of the floor, even without shooting well all the time. Even without all of their guys uh, going in fuego from three. So, very impressive stuff from him. Um, It is something to watch, though, that he hasn't shot that well over this past stretch. He did shoot well tonight against the Suns uh his number was 4 of 8 from 3 tonight so 50%. That's a great number. Um a couple of games like that and that balances out the numbers that he's put up but he needs to continue to shoot those threes, he needs to continue to put up those good numbers. Um that'll help Denver tremendously. <clears throat> Mason Plumlee is third on the team in deflections with 1.8 per game. It was hard to come up with numbers for Mace. He's just very standard what he does. Um, continuing to rebound, continuing to pass the ball. Not super efficient right now, but it is what it is. Like is. He's, he's got his role and he plays it decently well. Uh, the way he plays his role is probably something to discuss because the Nuggets, when he's on the floor, don't necessarily... Generate great offense, even though he puts up great offensive numbers. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how things progress from here. Jeremy Grant has shot 52% from three. Uh, So Jamal Murray shot 26%. Jeremy Grant doubled that basically with 52% from three over these past seven games. Jeremy Grant's up to 40% from three on the season. And I told everybody, I said, Jeremy Grant's going to be good. He is a Wonderful off-ball player for what the Nuggets need to do. I think that he'll be even better, even more impactful when he's playing with Nikola Jokic consistently. He just has to get adjusted, and he's gotten adjusted, and his three-point percentage continues to go up. He's in a hot streak right now, so maybe it trends down at some point, but I really have enjoyed what I've seen from Jeremy Grant, just shooting the ball with a lot of confidence lately. Michael Porter Jr., 115.2 115.2 defensive rating over the last seven. Worst on the team by far. I think the next highest guy is about 108. It's hard to play Michael Porter Jr. right now. And I'll talk about that in the next segment, but just suffice. Uh, uh, just basically understand that Porter is becoming unplayable with what he's doing out there. He makes some flashy plays. He makes some good plays. He hit a nice corner three today, but it's hard to consistently play him. Even though he wasn't the problem tonight, Um going to be interesting to see how his minutes progress as the Nuggets continue to push for a playoff seed. Juancho Hernan Gomez only played 15 minutes over these past seven games. He's played some garbage time, and that's about it. Hasn't really done a lot. Uh, the Nuggets haven't really needed him. Tory Craig, same thing. I put down fifty percent from the field for Tory Craig because I thought he did some good things cutting off of Nikola Jokic over the past couple of, over the past few games. He has played in all seven, but it just hasn't been with a lot of consistency. Hasn't accumulated a lot of minutes, so hard to talk about those guys too much. Malik Beasley it has a one twenty eight point nine offensive rating. That is best on the team by far during this past seven-game stretch. It doesn't surprise me that Malik Beasley's offensive rating is so high. He's been used sparingly during this past few games, and when he's been out there, the Nuggets have really killed it. Uh, Nothing more to say other than that. He's doing a lot for his trade value. That's pretty much all I can really say with that situation. Um. I don't know if he's in Denver's long-term plans. I would I would hazard a guess and basically say no uh, based off of how they've played him of late. He has been a good offensive player, uh, hasn't shot the ball really well from inside the arc, but he's getting better uh, at that and has consistently shot the ball well from three. So on a team that has struggled with three-point shooting, you would think that Malik Beasley would be out there He hasn't been that out there as much, but when he has been out there over the past seven, Nuggets have been pretty good offensively. He's been a byproduct of some good offense, but he's also generated a lot of good offense by himself. So we'll see how this goes. And then Monte Morris, 47.5 true shooting percentage. Hasn't shot the ball really well during this stretch. Kind of like Jamal Murray, he just... Neither of those guys have shot the ball well, and yet the Nuggets are continuing to put up really great numbers offensively. Credit that to Nikola Jokic. Credit that to Mason Plumlee. Credit that to the other rotation players that are consistently putting up great numbers. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried about Monte Morris. He uh, he has some weaknesses that may be impactful in the playoffs. That. If they aren't solved, then it could be a really big issue. So we'll continue to monitor that. I'm interested to see if the Nuggets go for another guard at the deadline because I think they could certainly use somebody. Um, But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. I want to talk about why Michael Malone can't unleash him. We'll be right back. Nuggets numbers. Your host Ryan Blackburn. Last segment for me today. Going to be a short podcast, just because as you can see, I can't really speak. Um, it's going to be. Hopefully, I can get better. This is this is just a, atrocious right now. So let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. Let's talk about the player that Nuggets fans want him to be. Let's talk about what the player that he actually is. Nuggets fans kind of envisioned a sharp shooting six foot 10 guy um, when drafting Michael Porter jr when drafting one of the most talented players in high school basketball the high school basketballs really ever seen over the past 10 years uh, He's been great he was great in the in the high school circuit. after his injury it became apparent that ex- expectations had to be tampered down a little bit. Because it was going to be a long process back no matter what. With his back injury being the way that it is, he basically took two seasons off. Uh, One season in college to get things right and then his entire rookie season he wasn't playing. It takes a long time to get up to NBA speed takes a long time for a player that has relied on being more athletic and more talented than everybody else that hasn't played for the last two years to then get accustomed to the talent level and the IQ and the ability for everybody to play at a high level. So he has had a long, difficult period to adjust. And the Nuggets are doing the right thing by continuing to grant him minutes that can help him get up to speed. Uh, These 8-10 to minute stretches I think are probably what's best for everybody involved right now. Nuggets fans are pretty unhappy about it in general. I think everybody would love to see him get a consistent 15-18 to minutes per game right now. And I think in the ideal world he would be. In the ideal world he would be picking things up a lot faster than he is right now. But he isn't. He, he quite simply isn't. And there's, there's a, a pretty strong case to not play him if the Nuggets want to win games. <clears throat> when he is on the floor, the Nuggets have a net rating of minus 11.2 right now. When he's off the floor, the Nuggets have a net rating of 8.6. The difference between those two is 19.8 points per offensive possessions, which means that the Nuggets are about 20 points per 100 worse with Michael Porter Jr. on the floor than when he's not. It's hard to make that up. It's hard to consistently win games when you are having to dig yourself out of a consistent hole. It's hard to generate offense when, when Michael Porter Jr. is on the floor the Nuggets have a 96 offensive rating. That's like Stone Age is bad. That's as bad as it can really get without being a, a malpractice number. Um, when he's on the floor defensively, the Nuggets have a 107.5 defensive rating. When he's off, it's down to 102. The Nuggets are, they know how to defend with Will Barton at small forward, with even with other small guys at small forward, uh, Malik Beasley, Gary Harris, uh, Tory Craig on occasion. Uh, it's going to be tough consistently to play Michael Porter Jr. minutes when he's not contributing to positive things defensively. Um, it wasn't really his. It wasn't really his job to be a great defensive player, but while the offense is still coming along, he has to continue to impact the game in other ways. He's done a decent job rebounding. Uh, at six ten, he kind of has to, but his consistently going for offensive rebounds has actually hurt the spacing for Denver's second unit. He always crashes the glass in a lot of these situations, and him like cheating in from the three-point line ruins the spacing on the backside of a lot of actions that the Nuggets are running. And when that happens, he's not being a three-point threat uh, by spacing the floor, and he's not helping other people Uh generate offense, and so I think that's one of the reasons why the offense is down with him. Another reason is that he's had to deal with some funky lineups, to be clear. He had to operate as a shooting guard early in the season when playing next to Juancho and Gomez. Uh, the Tory Craig, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee trio that he had to play with was not a good trio to play with offensively, especially while Jeremy Grant wasn't shooting the ball very well. So he's had some things working against him, don't get me wrong. But some of it is because he just can't do the things that he needs to do right now. He's only shooting 29% from three. That has to go up if the Nuggets want to consistently play him. He's missing a lot of defensive rotations and just kind of lacking the fundamentals. The guys like Paul Millsap and Will Barton and Monte Morris and Gary Harris, those guys have long since mastered the fundamentals of the game. They are veterans. They are ready to win a championship. They are ready to compete in the playoffs. And it takes a long time to get ready. It takes a long time to understand the ins and outs of the game the way that most playoff teams do. It's why many playoff teams are more veteran. Many championship contenders have a lot of veterans on their roster, guys that are in their prime. The Nuggets are currently playing with Jamal Murray at, at point guard. Nikola Jokic is still growing up. He's still he's still becoming the player that he wants to be for the rest of his career. Um, Malik Beasley's very young. Monte Morris is still in his third year, second year playing. Um, when you add in the dynamic of Michael Porter Jr., it becomes very difficult to develop that sort of consistency and teach him the game at the same time he's going to make mistakes and i've been i've long been a proponent of letting him play through those mistakes and letting him make those but if they're if they continue to impact the team if they continue to impact the way the nuggets are playing the game right now that's a problem they can't do it they can't they can't deal with that on a consistent basis. If they're going to gun for 55 wins, 58 wins and a one seed, uh, they have that opportunity. The Los Angeles Lakers are showing a lot of cracks right now. And the nuggets are in second place in the West. They could win the West. They, or they could at least like be the top seed. And if they were, that would, that would benefit everybody. I think that would benefit the nuggets for sure. Um, They would have a little bit of a target on their back, but I think that that's probably the best way that they they avoid the Los Angeles Lakers and maybe even the Los Angeles Clippers, depending on who they play in the first or second round. It's going to be interesting to see how it all falls out, but I think the Nuggets are right to continue playing Michael Porter Jr. in this situation, but they can't play him that long. I think the ideal place for MPJ is right where Michael Malone has him one long rotation in the first half or two to sh- two shorter rotations in each half, six minute stretches. So he plays a total of 12 or one eight to nine minute stretch. Kind of like he only played six minutes tonight, but against the Lakers, I think he played about eight or nine minutes and did a decent job during that time. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, with my, with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Will Barton staggering on the second unit, it's hard to play Michael Porter Jr. if they're going to continue to play Malik Beasley. But if the Nuggets decide they want to move Malik Beasley, Porter will probably split the, the rest of the season's minutes with Tory Craig, and that would be a good situation for him, where he has to continue to vet, battle a veteran, battle somebody who's been in town in Denver for a while. That seems like a good situation to force him to develop good habits, to understand what it takes to win games, and to try and contribute to that on a consistent basis. As he continues to learn, he'll get better, but until that point, the Nuggets need to take it slow. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Again, my apologies for my voice. Can't control it. Been doing my best to try and kick this thing. We'll have it kicked by the time you guys hear from me next. Again, if you're listening to this point, thank you very much. Uh, Keep tuning into the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Jenna Garcia will have an episode tomorrow. Might not be on the Podcast Network, but we'll see how it goes. Um, And then I should have an episode of the Denver Stiffs Show post- christmas game that should be a lot of fun we will we will come back to you guys at that point but until then enjoy your christmas eve enjoy your christmas day enjoy some nuggets basketball on christmas day hopefully you have some good time with your families to enjoy christmas dinner enjoy opening presents really hope that goes well but until then nuggets are on a seven game win streak let's see if they can make it eight on christmas night We'll see you guys at that point.